Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. Welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. Along with Donnie Cage. Donnie Cage in the house. How's it going, sir? I'm doing great, Kentucky Guy. How are you doing this fine weekend? I tell you what, this has been a week and a half. <laughs> uh, it's so many things happening in the world of sports and so many things happening in this big, beautiful country. It is just... A, amazing uh this week uh folks this is uh by the way to our normal listeners you are correct we did not do a show on tuesday uh actually mr cage and i both had different things happen and we just could not get that episode done but nevertheless we're going to combine both shows into this segment so if this is your first time listening be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button no matter which platform you're listening to us from also hit that notification button we're on 73 different audio platforms, including Pandora, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage is a co-host of another podcast. Tell him about Uncaged Voice, sir. Yes, sir. I co-host the Uncaged Voice podcast on our official YouTube channel with Jigsaw Jester and Top Tier Rated. We've got some uh, brand new content coming out in the next couple of weeks. But uh, if you're ever interested in hearing about entertainment news, movies, gaming, things like that, definitely check it out. And if you're into politics, current news, current events, things of that nature, uh, I do host the Red Pill Current News Podcast. We do drop two episodes there a week. And uh, if we do also sometimes have special guests on and do different interviews as well. Also, if you'd ever like to be a guest on this show, or have any questions for Mr. Cage or myself, you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. Also in our description below, and in, uh, in any platform you're listening to us from, we have all of our social media links, as well as our merch shop website and all that good stuff. So be sure to check that out as well. All right, so... Let's do, I know I know. normally on Saturday shows, uh, we normally do My Fantasy Booking. We're not going to get to that this week. I know it stinks, uh, one of my favorite segments. But we have so much to go over as far as results and things that are happening. So much stuff to unpack from this one week, which is crazy. This is not even SummerSlam week, or SummerSlam week, <laughs> so, or WrestleMania week. So... Yeah, so let's get into, let's start off with, uh, 
Let's see. Let's start off with Raw results. WWE Raw One, results. Two, three, Raw took place in Hotelina this week, which is... A homecoming for none other than Cody Rhodes' American Nightmare. So the American Nightmare started off the show. He came out and he done. I mean, this is the same old song and dance that we've seen him now for a while. Uh, he calls out Brock Lesnar. However, Brock Lesnar does not come out right away, and Cody gives up on it. Turns his attention to his mother, who's in the crowd. Does a little talk with her, and then the Beast and Carnage music begins to play. And it starts up again. And Rhodes takes off to the backstage. And then he comes back out after the Beast nails him with a chair. Once again, seen this time and time again. Uh, the former world champion would proceed to absolutely demolish the American dream right in front of his mom. And then he accepted Cody's challenge for SummerSlam at the end of the segment. So I I have mixed feelings about this segment. The first thing is is I like seeing Brock Lesnar get over like this and absolutely demolish people. However, he's broke Cody's arm. He can't do anything else. I don't know why. It seems like they don't know how to further this feud between these two. Because they've done this several times. So that was kind of disappointing from the creative side, in my opinion. Uh, your thoughts, sir, on that opening segment? Here's what I'll never understand, Kentucky guy. Whenever somebody is booked against Brock Lesnar, well, maybe not all the time, but many times, when they're booked in a feud with Brock Lesnar, it's like, for whatever reason, they're not wrestling matches on a weekly basis. And I'm like, I know we've got this rubber match coming up at SummerSlam between Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar, but Cody was in his hometown of Atlanta, Georgia. Why not have him wrestle there, get the, cra get, get the crowd excited to start the show off? Then he could still get in the ring. He can, he can talk about how much his mom means to him. You know, now that his you know, dad, unfortunately, the late you know, American Dream Dusty Rhodes is no longer with us, then Brock Lesnar can attack him and everything. Why just make this a talking segment? That didn't make any sense to me, and I hate when they do this over and over again. I want to see Cody Rhodes wrestle. He's one of the best workers in the business. I want to see him in the ring, darn it. Yeah, why isn't he a part of this uh, United States Challenge Invitational they've got uh, for that title? He doesn't have to have a world title to start off with. I mean, I I'm like you. It's just, it. I don't know. The the I'm ready for this feud, to be honest, to go ahead and end. I don't see how Cody comes out on top of this. He has to. He has to. To further his story, he has to be the winner of SummerSlam. But he looks weak. Every time he's around Brock Lesnar, he looks weak. And so I don't know how they finish this between those two. Next match, we had Matt Riddle one-on-one -on -one against Gunther without Gunther's Imperium at ringside. And, of course, the ring general won the match quite easily, in my opinion. I, I thought it was, a, uh, it was a decent match, I guess. 
the best thing about Matt Riddle these days in the ring, in my opinion, is is uh, when he first gets in there and kicks his shoes off. You're wanting to see what color the uh, little animated animals are going to be, I guess. But anyways, the right guy won, and uh, he won handedly. Gunther's going to be your Intercontinental Champion for a long time, I think. A long time to come. Your thoughts on that, Matt? Yeah, I mean, kind of seen it Kind of seen it already. Just more of the same. I, I absolutely knew the ring general was going over in this match. Um, yeah, not a, not a whole lot to say. Not a whole lot to unpack. I mean, we're pretty much just waiting for um, Gunther's next title defense, next challenger. Yeah, and we know that's going to be Drew McIntyre. That's his next challenger. Uh, let's see here, and that's going to be at SummerSlam, I believe. Uh, then we had a backstage segment. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan was being interviewed. And Rhea Ripley, uh, the champ, she came out in uh, Judgment Day, and they took out Raquel Rodriguez. Didn't take her out, but they injured her, injured her legs. And then we had a match. And it was Liv Morgan and Raquel defending their titles, which they just won a couple weeks ago against the number one contenders, Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville, believe it or not. Yep, they were the number one contenders. And your winner, and to my dismay, my surprise, <laughs> we have new, once again, new women champions. That's correct, folks. Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville won the match, won the titles. Uh, I don't really know what to say. Uh, I, I don't know how you go for months and lose, and now you're a champion. Yeah, I, I don't. your thoughts. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm happy to see Chelsea Green with a title in WWE. Now, now will she and Sonya Deville hold on for the belts for more than two weeks? I don't know. I mean, at this point, I feel like the way the women's titles are treated in WWE is you can come up with a great drinking game and have have an awesome time. Every time someone loses the uh, WWE women's titles, take, take a drink. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, if I'm not mistaken, they're like a three-time champion, right? I know they're twice, but I think they might even be three times. You, you might be right. I've lost count, honestly. Because this is the women's titles becoming the equivalent to the 24-7 title where it changes every single episode, or at least every other episode. Right, yeah, and uh, they don't even split them up anymore. They don't even have two sets anymore. Uh, one for SmackDown, one for Raw, so that's kind of disappointing as well. Alpha Academy was back on television again this week on Raw, uh, and they fought against Viking Raiders. Um, Three-way again, inter intergender tag team, Viking Raiders won. I think that they're the best team anyways. They should win every one of them. I am personally tired of watching. I've seen this match how many times now? How many weeks in a row? And I just don't want to see it anymore. Yeah, we had a squash match after that. Shayna Baszler for Nikki Cross. Of course, Shayna Baszler uh, won the match hands down. Uh, your thought on those two matches? Well, once again, you want to make Shayna Baszler look strong going into a match against Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam, which I don't think has been confirmed yet, but it's pretty much all but confirmed for SummerSlam. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, you want to, you want her to look dominant, and to me, it seems like the crowd is getting behind Shayna Baszler. I don't know what the intent is in the storyline, if they're supposed to be cheering for Ronda Rousey and not Shayna Baszler, but the opposite is happening, it seems like, to me. So I, I'm, I'm here for it, honestly, because we know Shayna Baszler is sticking around, and we know Ronda Rousey's contract is going to be up soon. Um, as far as the Viking Raiders Alpha Academy match, yep, we've seen it a million times. They've traded victories on and off. This time, I think it was a Viking rules match this week, if I remember right, and the Viking Raiders won. So can we move on from this feud now? I mean, the Viking Raiders should be challenging for the undisputed tag titles. That's how good they are. So make, make them pick up more wins and make them challengers, I say. Yeah, they should be fighting the Usos. They should be fighting uh, uh, Imperium. I mean, yeah, they, they yeah. <laughs> One of the best matches I've seen when it comes to the Viking Raiders since they've been on the main roster, and this is how far back this has been, was against AJ Styles and Omos. Those were some classic matches. These guys have not been challenged. Yes, they've lost. They've lost against Alpha Academy, but they've really not been challenged since AJ Styles and Omos. And I think that's a shame because I think they're uh, they're too good for that. Shinsei Nakamura was in action against Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed actually won the match because of a disqualification. And I really, <laughs> I really, I mean, first Ricochet was in this mix. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about it. I, I, I don't, I don't understand why. If you want, if you want to have a feud with Nakamura and Bronson Reed. Let's do it. Let's go for it. Why is there always a third party like Champa? First, it was Ricochet uh, being a third party in this feud. Now it's Champa. I don't get it. Why? We had our main event: uh, the tag team champs, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus Judgment Day. And finally, and it's good, Judgment Day did have a victory up on them, but. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens did win on Raw this week, and uh, that's how it should be, man. If you're going to be champs, you can't. I don't care if it is an untitled match; you can't be losing matches, even if there is shenanigans involved. You can't be losing matches when you're a champ. Uh, your thoughts on those two, sir? Yeah, I'm totally lost with what they're doing with Champa, Bronson Reed, and Nak and Shinsuke Nakamura. They're just kind of spinning their wheels. I mean, I'm assuming that. Once Johnny Gargano's back, they're going to reform DIY with him and Ciampa. I thought they were teasing a while ago that we were going to see the way reunite, but that seems to have been completely abandoned as well now. So why they even teased it, I have no idea. But yeah, these three guys, I mean, they're all, all three of them are talented. You should be making better use of them, not just kind of having the same match every other week, just maybe with different parties or a different end result, disqualification, count out, whatever. Yeah, it's just give these guys give these guys something substantial to do, in my opinion. Um, main event was good. Uh, it's good to see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens pick up a victory here. Judgment Day kind of had their number for a little while, but you, you've got to make your champs look strong, like you said, um, you know, Kentucky guy. And who knows, maybe we'll still have a title match at, uh, at SummerSlam. Maybe Judgment Day will get another shot at them. Maybe there'll be a special stipulation or something. But, uh, yeah, pretty good main event. 
Yeah, overall, Raw wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. Wasn't the best Raw we've seen in a while, but it wasn't bad. Now, before I go to SmackDown, I do have to say congratulations to Penitentiary Dom. Because on NXT on Tuesday, he is your new North American champion. I have mixed feelings about that. And I'll let you talk about it. First one is, I'm happy that he has gold. I think it's great. I, I think it gives him even more heat than what he had. I mean, man, he can't even talk. <laughs> he can't even get words out. And they're booing him. I mean, he's, he's over right now as a heel. Probably one of the best in the business. But, here's why I don't like this. And I'm kind of ticked off about it. It wasn't that long ago when Solo won that title. And they jerked it away from him because he was on the main roster. And now you're going to have Dominic have this belt. And he's going on every every show. He's on SmackDown. He's on Raw. Uh, he's on uh, NXT. Uh... Yeah, hello. I, I I don't get it. Uh, anyways, your thoughts on the new champ? Yeah, I'm totally lost about the future of the NXT North American title because, like you just said, with Solo Sokoa, he had held the title not that long ago, but he was stripped of it when he was drafted to SmackDown. Um, I personally have never seen a problem with them occasionally bringing the NXT title, one of the NXT titles, up to the main roster for it to be defended. Because you create more brand awareness that way. You give these wrestlers who normally compete in NXT more exposure to the main roster audience. So I look at it as a good thing. Dominic Mysterio winning it. You know, I went back and forth with this. But I'm going to actually say I don't have an issue with it uh, right now. Because it does give him more heat. It adds to his character. It makes the audience hate him even more than they already do. So that, so that this way, when he finally is beaten, when Prison Dom eventually does lose the belt, the, the crowd's going to go crazy for it. They're going to be there for it, and it's going to be a big uh, boost for whoever, whoever pins him. Yeah, and uh, boy, they loved the former North American champion <laughs> in NXT. They, the crowd loved him. So uh, this was a smart move. Unexpected. I didn't see it happening, but a very smart move. All right, so let's get to some SmackDown results, last night results. So let's start off with the hottest storyline that WWE's had in years. Let's just be honest about it. Uh, so Roman Reigns and Jey Uso had a rules of engagement uh, segment for SummerSlam and decided on the no-holds-bar, anything-goes match was the choice of the bloodline elders that Jey said. So who are the elders? And are we going to see these elders I'm kind of digging this. Uh, the only way, this is the only way the issues between those involved can realistically be settled. Now, this appeared to be off 
a little early until we take a little bit closer look at what happened actually between Jay and Roman Reigns, their interaction together. So a week after Jay appeared last week on SmackDown, and he was very defiant uh, in the face of the bloodline, this segment, he kind of reverted back to like he was torn, uncertain of what he was pursuing. Was it the right decision? What's the difference? Reigns wasn't there last Friday, but he was this week. I mean, is that why? I mean, and despite knowing it is the right decision and having engaged Reigns physically before, there's still that controlling element to their relationship that leaves the former right-hand man uncertain of standing up to the head of the table. And he wonders, I think, deep down, if it's right for him and his family. And, and there's so much unpredictability when it comes to Solo, who attempted to actually lay Jay out at the end to wrap things up, but he was stopped by Roman Reigns, who is clearly, and you can just look at him when he looks at Solo, uh, he's growing more and more concerned about the Enforcer's hair trigger and his desire to be the next tribal chief, which Jay Shirt said the real chief or something <laughs> something like it. But, you know, these two, they showed, and I'm talking about Roman Reigns and Jay Uso, they showed a sign of respect uh, to each other when they put their heads together. And I, I that kind of shocked me, to be honest with you. So I thought that was pretty cool. Roman stopping Solo, I thought that was cool. When Jay super kicked Solo, though, the look on Roman's face was like, why would you do this? Why did you do this? So I don't know if this new tribal rules match, if they're supposed to not touch each other or have any any physicalities before the match, if that's part of it or, or what, but something was odd there at the end, I think. So your thoughts on that segment? Yeah, there's always new layers to this story. Uh, <clears throat> you know, at first it seems like Roman just wants to have Solo do, uh, you know, do all the, do all the hard work for him, if you will, the leg work, if you will, and wants to take out anybody that dares get in the way of the tribal chief. But now Roman, now that he's suffered a loss to Jay at the last pay-per-view, it's almost like he's earned a new sense of respect for him, and he almost wants to beat him on equal terms without having any sort of unfair advantage. That's the way I interpret it. Because Roman has a lot to prove now. You have to think about this Kentucky guy. He was pinned for the first time in over two years at Money in the Bank. So Roman's got to sort of get, get back up to the top of the mountain, uh, the head of the table. He's got to prove that he still deserves that title of uh, tribal chief by beating Jey Uso. But uh, as far as their interaction between now and SummerSlam, that'll be interesting to see. I still think somebody's going to interfere on Roman's behalf, and it's going to shock us. I don't know who, but something, something's, something funny's going to happen there. I think. I don't think there's any way Jay becomes champion. If this was a singles match and the title wasn't on the line, yeah, Jay has a chance to win, but he's not ready for that. And then we had the United States Championship Invitational. And the participants in this match was Rey Mysterio versus Sheamus versus Cameron Grimes versus L.A. Knight. Now, this was a decent match. 
here's the thing. I don't understand the outcome. Rey Mysterio won the match. Uh, he ended up pinning uh, Cameron Grimes. And I keep hearing that L.A. Knight, he's got a push coming. His push is coming after WrestleMania. Now I'm hearing, before this match, his push is coming after SummerSlam. Yeah, this would have been a good push right here. For uh, I mean, did you did you guys not hear the pop that he got when he come out? The crowd loves this guy. And I just, you know, now you have, now here's your match in the finals of the Invitational. Rey Mysterio against his, oh, his, uh, his stable partner, uh, Santos Escobar. By the way, uh, Austin Theory, the current champion, got involved in this match uh, and struck Rey Mysterio. Santos Escobar came out to Rey Mysterio's defense, which set up a match for later uh, in the show, him against Austin Theory. But uh, yeah, Rey Mysterio is in the final on the United States Championship Invitational against his stablemate, Santos Escobar. Don't understand. Uh, your thoughts, sir? I mean, major respect for Rey Mysterio. You're never going to hear me say a cross thing against him. He's an absolute legend and can still go in the ring, but this would have been the perfect time to keep catapulting L.A. Knight. There's an old saying in the business, you have to strike while the iron's hot. Um... You know, that's what WWE had to do back in the day when they had wrestlers like, oh, I don't know, uh, Steve Austin, The Rock, Mick Foley, any of these names ring a bell? Yeah? Mm -hmm. People have amnesia? I don't know. But um, maybe people in the WWE do. But my point is, when you know a talent is getting over, you, you, you got you got to push them. you got to give the people what they want. And they want to see L.A. Knight working his way to the top. I'm not saying give him the universal title tomorrow. I'm just saying start start building him up because this is what people want to see. And the fact that you're kind of doing this whole, well, we'll push him after WrestleMania. We'll push him after SummerSlam. Mm, push him after the Royal Rumble or, 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 or whatever pay-per-view. It's like, come on, guys. Pull the trigger. Now's the time. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of Adam Page in AEW. You remember, Tony Khan waited too long to pull the trigger to make him champion, and when he did, nobody really cared. That's what it reminds me of. That's a hundred percent. That's a good comparison. Hundred percent right. And honestly, I think they kind of Tony Khan in some ways made the same mistake with MJF. Not that MJF isn't doing great work right now, he is. But I'm saying, by the time he won the title, I don't think it had quite as much impact as it could have had if he had won the title at an earlier time. Just right. If he, you're, no, you're correct. If he wasn't the talker that he is and the worker that he is, yeah, no, I don't think just anybody could have pulled that off. I think you're right. Absolutely. And then we had uh, Charlotte Flair uh, actually went one-on-one -on -one with EO Sky, your current female Money in the Bank champion, winner, what have, what have you. And Charlotte Flair won the match. Um, I thought this was a good match, actually. This is not a throwaway match. EO Sky can go, folks. She can go. And I don't see, I don't have any problem at all with her being champion. I, I don't. Uh, I'm here for it. But she can go. Here's the funny thing about this match, though. 
We continue to see creaks and cracks in damage control. Bailey, uh, Bailey leaves ringside in a panic. <laughs> uh, once a little Vianette uh, plays. And yeah, I know that her and this wrestler, they've had some issues, but it was just weird. Like, like she was hysterical when she left. Uh, is the female that drives the tank. For some reason, her name escapes me. But, uh, yeah, uh, I just, it was weird her leaving the ringside like that and leaving her uh, star, her only stable mate right now. So, your thoughts on that match? I mean, the match itself, Eos Guy and Charlotte Flair, amazing performers. So it was, uh, the match didn't disappoint me at all. And I'm 100% with you, Kentucky Guy. Get get some fresh faces in that women's title scene. Eos Guy deserves to be there. She's great. She's a former NXT women's champion, former NXT women's tag champion, former WWE uh, tag champ. Do you see, do you see what I'm getting at here? She's She's got the, the talent. To be a, to be a singles title holder in WWE, so once again, now's the time to push her. Um, as far as the Shotzi and Bailey shenanigans, I mean, I guess you've got to keep Bailey busy with someone. But the fact that she ran away, like you said, in a panic from that cartoonish-looking tank, I I, I don't know. I, I I don't buy it right now because they took the tank away for so long. And now they suddenly brought it back, and Bailey's just supposed to be petrified of it. Okay. It reminds me of uh, when Shayna Baszler was scared of uh, Alexa Bliss's doll. <laughs> just it was out of place. It just didn't make sense. But uh, short, like as I mentioned, Charlotte Flair did win the match. Hey, then we had a non-title match: uh, Santos Escobar versus Austin Theory. And here is that. Hope my WWE fans have amnesia because this guy lost just about every match he had on NXT before he formed his faction and then they still weren't that great. He's lost about every against good competitors every match he's had since he's been pulled up to the main roster even though they put Rey Mysterio in that faction now and renamed it. It's still the same wrestler but Santos Escobar actually pins Austin Theory. And you know he's going to get a title shot whether he wins this invitation or not down the road. But I cannot stand. It's just like Chelsea Green and uh, Sonya Deville. I can't stand when they act like we're stupid or we have amnesia. We know these folks' records. Even though you guys don't do the uh, you know win-loss records and you don't post them or keep track of them, we still know. We still know if, uh, if a guy's... Uh, good and if you're he's getting any kind of push at all you can't push him down and then push him way up and have him pin a champion on on television i don't i just i don't know a lot of a lot of confusion uh this smackdown for me i just don't understand a lot of it uh your thoughts sir well i, I have two schools of thought about this kentucky guy in one regard as talented as austin theory is this U.S. title reign, to me, has not been doing it. It hasn't made me as much of a fan of his as I've wanted it to. So, some of that could just be inconsistent booking or just not giving him enough of enough time to talk and develop his character more. I don't know. But, 
you know, I'm not, everybody thought that his WrestleMania match against John Cena was going to, you know, jumpstart his career to go to new heights, and it really didn't do much, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think Santos Escobar is definitely talented, there's no question, but they haven't booked him to look strong, for the most part, since he's been on the main roster. And for him to beat Austin Theory just out of the clear blue, yeah, I mean, they do, they do think that we forget things, which we don't. Um, so in one sense, I wish someone else was going to be challenging Austin Theory at this point in time, but I do agree it's, it, it's time to give someone else the belt in the near future. Yeah, I just, I don't think that person should be Rey Mysterio or Santos Escobar. Just my opinion. Uh, and then we have Penitentiary Dom. Yeah, defending his North American Championship belt against none other than Pete Dun or Butch. And uh, Dom wins the match. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, when, when Butch hit that bitter end, I thought it was over. Like, oh my God, he lost his title already. But uh, yeah, no, uh, still champion, Mysterio. And uh, I'm okay with that. If they explain, they need to explain why, what's the dip, like, what's changed? Why is he able to keep this on the main roster and not solo? Like, did the rules change? Is what changed? They just need to explain that, and I'm okay with it. Uh, your thoughts on that match, sir? Well, as you said, Kentucky guy, we need we need to know why the rules are a little bit different. With now, you can defend the NXT North American title on SmackDown, whereas before Solo Sokoa couldn't. Uh, you know, I kind of feel bad for uh, Pete Dunne because even though he's been given a little bit more uh, TV time, and obviously was in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match recently, you know, he's still not being allowed to do what he does best. And and it's unfortunate, because he's super talented. He's the bruiser weight, man. I mean, but they're still keeping the Butch name for some reason. There's no reason he shouldn't have reverted back to being Pete Dunne by this point. And, uh, you know, on paper, Pete Dunne should probably have rel beat Dominic Mysterio with relative ease. But that's not the way it went down here. So they're obviously determined to keep pushing Dominic Mysterio. And it's like I said... Crowd's going to be ecstatic when he does drop that belt eventually because of all the heat he's drawing right now. Yeah. <laughs> yep, you're absolutely correct. All right, so let's let's go over some Dynamite. AEW Dynamite results. Yeah. One, So let's start off with the match that everybody's been talking about, and that is the Blood and Guts match. Uh, we had the Golden Elite, which is Adam Page, Kenny Omega, Koda Ishibushi, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, versus the Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio, John Moxley, uh, uh, Takashita, Pac, and Willer Yuta. And your winner, the Golden Elite. Now, this match stole the show. I thought it was great. I thought it was great how at the end of the match, and they should have put it on television, you actually had to do some digging to find this. I heard about it and found a video of it from a fan. 
they actually, Kenny Omega shook hands. They shook hands. So finally, this feud is over, and that's the way to end a feud. Because this feud, there's a lot of bad, bad blood in this feud. And uh, I thought it was, um, I thought it was very good. I thought it was a great match. I think it stole the show. Ah, wait a minute. Did it steal the show? Yeah, I have to say it did. I'd have to say it's probably the best match. And it just, nobody got actually injured, like, where they can't wrestle, which is not, you can't say that for the last two Blood and Guts match. <laughs> so, uh, but I thought it was a great match. It, it lived up to the expectation. You guys know that I'm a Leap fan anyways. Uh, it was great seeing Koto uh, uh, Ibushi tag teaming with uh, Kenny Omega again. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, if they bring back the Golden Lovers. I think that'd be great. Uh, your thoughts on that match, sir? Yeah, I thought this was a, a good, um, I don't even want to say old school, uh, you know, uh, war game style match, but I like the fact that they weren't trying to get too flashy with this one. I mean, obviously they br brought some weapons in, they brought that bed of nails in, which looked, ooh, I wouldn't have wanted to take a bump on that. Um, but these guys are professionals, so that's why they're able to do it. Their bodies can take it better than ours can. Um but I'm glad that they didn't do the whole spot where somebody climbs to the top of the cage and has to get thrown off through an obvious crash pad and everything. They they kept it inside the cage, so which I think was the smart way to go. And I do believe the right team won. I was going to predict the Golden Elite was going to pick up the victory here, and I was happy to see it. Then we had the Blind Eliminator Tag Team Finals, and that was MJF and Adam Cole. Versus Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara. And your winner and new number one contender for the tag team titles, MJF and Adam Cole. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, these guys need to stay together. They have such good chemistry as being not, not enemies, but actually being on the same side. They have such good chemistry. I'm, I would be okay with them. This is going to shock you, a lot of you. I would be okay with them taking the titles away from FTR. I would be perfectly okay with that. They have such good chemistry. Also, at the end of the match, Chris Jericho come down the ring to kind of console Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara. They just kind of gave him a dirty look and walked around by him. Which I expected out of Sammy, but Daniel Garcia as well? Hmm. Maybe the society is no more or coming to an end quickly. Your thoughts on that match? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the story they've been telling up until this point, and I initially was one of those people who thought it was going to be stupid. MJF and Adam Cole teaming up, like, really? Um, but they've made it work. They, uh, they do have good chemistry as a team. So I'm looking forward to their match with FDR, but we can we can we just stop for a second and talk about that ridiculous dance off that started that started the match off. What was that? Come on, man! That was uh, you know uh, Rikishi coming back, you know, in, in honor of him or something, you know. Yeah, but Rikishi's not in AEW. He's got ties to WWE. I, I don't know. Everything else about the match I loved, including the interaction with Jericho at the end, because it's showing you Jericho Appreciation Society is probably not going to be around for much longer. 
But, uh, man, I, I didn't like that dance-off. I'm sorry. It reminded me of something that the full-blooded Italians used to do in ECW back in the day. Yeah, the the uh, Broncosauruses or whatever, I can't think, Tyrus, uh, when he was with the WWE, uh, that's what it kind of reminded me of. By the way, Naomi, uh, which she goes by Trinity now, is your new Impact Knockout Champion. I thought that was interesting. So, yep, she hasn't been with the company that long at all, and yeah, she's your new champion on there. Then we had an FTW championship match. Your current champion, Hook, who has been undefeated, went against Jack Perry, and your winner, and new champion, Jack Perry. I didn't like how this match ended. I didn't like anything about this match. I do not think Jungle Boy is the guy that should have ended, even though he did it crookedly. He should he should not have been the one to end Hook's streak or take his title. And I hope when they get a legitimate match, Hook absolutely destroys him. And then we had Dr. Britt Baker versus Kayla Spark. And, of course, Dr. Britt Baker won that match. Uh, your thoughts on the last two matches, sir? Yeah, I, I, I hated that Jungle Boy uh, Hook match. It made no sense for Hook to lose the belt, the belt that's really, really his at the end of the day. I mean, he, I mean, I know he won the belt, you know, himself, but it, but it was his father's belt. It was Taz's belt. It's, you know, it's something that's part of his heritage. So for him to lose that belt to Jungle Boy, I, I was not a fan of it at all. Um, regardless of whether oh, Jungle Boy's a heel now and he cheated to win, um, you know. Honestly, I haven't been a fan of Jungle Boy's heel turn to begin with um, thus far. We'll see what happens with it, but I, I have not been a fan. So I really wish Hook would have gone over here. Um, as far as the women's match, you know, Dr. Britt Baker, always good to see her on TV and picking up a win. So no complaints from me there. Yep, yep, yep. And let's get into our last results uh, of the episode. Told you guys, we had that's why we didn't do fantasy booking. We had so many results, and this was a pay per view that went on last night, and that is Death Before Dishonor, Ring of Honor pay per view. So I know that we are getting short on time here, uh, but I do want to go over these results kind of quickly uh, so we do get them out there. We had the Ring of Honor World Television title on the line. Samoa Joe, versus current champion, versus Dalton Castle. And your winner, Samoa Joe. Now, I thought Dalton Castle put on a heck of a showing in this match, though. Uh, you know, Dalton's always been a fantastic wrestler. He kind of lost me when he got the boys... And I know they've been with them for a while, but that kind of lost me a little bit. I didn't know where they were going with that at first. But he's still, as far as uh, an athlete, I mean, he's a former Ring of Honor champion, Impact champion. I mean, he's he's well worth it. But Samoa Joe was victorious in this. And we'll do two at a time. Then we had the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles on the line. The Lucha Brothers versus Best Friends versus Aussie Open versus The Kingdom. I could not keep up with this match. Uh, I, 
and I know you're going to say, ah, come on, Kentucky guy. There was too many competitors in this match. I just, I didn't like it. I, I just, I don't like it when they spread it out this far. We have new champions, though. Aussie Open. Yes, Aussie Open is your new Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. But uh, I didn't like the match. I, I just, it was too hard to follow, and I don't know. It, it's just not for me. Uh, your thoughts on those two matches? Well, congrats to Ozzy Open, the new uh, tag team champions. I know they have a big following on the independent circuit. And, uh, and of course, they've all, they're also competitors in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I know a lot of their fans are probably happy about that. You know, it, it, it's tough to keep track when you have four teams in, in a match. It's... Hard enough when you have uh, when you have just four singles competitors competing, but when you have a tag team four corners match, it's really easy to lose track about what's going on. This was pretty frenetic, um, but I'm okay with the end result. I mean, you, you got to change things up every now and then. So good for Aussie Open and their uh, victory here. Samoa Joe, come on, you know I'm a big Samoa Joe fan, Kentucky guy. So I'm always happy to see him retain the title. Good showing by Dalton Castle, but. This is the Samoan submission machine, the legend of Ring of Honor we're talking about here. you got to bring uh, more than that if you're going to take him down. What I do like about Ring of Honor's pay-per-views is their titles are on the line. I like that. And that's one, one direction Tony Khan's going in that I absolutely love. However, he can't be afraid to change more than just one title on a pay-per-view. That's why we watch. <laughs> Uh, we had the Ring of Honor six-man tag team titles on the line. We had the current champs, uh, Magul Embassy versus Leon Ruffin and Master Wado and Ryshuk. Yeah, so I don't even know who, who these guys were. I remember when they showed up on the screen. Like, I don't I don't really follow these guys. I don't know, don't know them. Uh, so the champions kept the belts. Uh, I think that... Uh, Brian Cage looked really good in this match. And uh, that's what he needs. He needs to keep him off. If he can't go over like this on AEW, keep him off AEW. Just put him on Ring of Honor. Uh, I'm fine with that. And then let's see. We had the Ring of Honor Pure Championship match. Uh, the current champion, uh, Shibata, versus Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia, former Pure Champion. The only belt that he's ever held. He actually did lose this match. But... I thought Daniel looked really good. I thought this was a good match. I really did. I thought uh, he came to play, and uh, some of the judges might have been a little bit biased. I don't know. But uh, your thoughts on those two matches? Yeah, I mean, people forget how good of a wrestler Daniel Garcia is, um, and he definitely went, definitely gave Shibata a good match. Um, I, I, I actually didn't really know who I was going to predict to win this one. It was a little bit of a toss-up for me. I guess a part of me said, well, with... Daniel Garcia not going over in the tag team tournament, then maybe he's going to win back the pure championship in Ring of Honor, but it wasn't to be on this particular night. Um, and then once again, I'm glad the embassy retained the six-man tag titles. 100% agreed with you, Kentucky guy, on Brian Cage. He's a beast, and he hasn't been given his due in AEW, so, well, give him his due in Ring of Honor instead. And then we had the match Fight Without Honor, the Righteous, versus Dark Order. Uh, this was kind of payback for Dark Order for, remember, jumping ship. I like the Righteous. I just wish they were in WWE. Uh, I think these two guys would have made awesome additions 
to the wide six family whenever it happens. But your winners, Dark Order was the winner. And uh, Uno, man, shoo, he had a point to prove. This guy did everything in this match. And then we had the World Championship, Ring of Honor World Title on the line. Claudio versus Pac. Uh, Claudio's been the Ring of Honor champion since winning it from Chris Jericho. And he's still champion. He actually went over Pac on, in this match and kept his title. I, I disagree with that. I think Pac is probably one of the most underrated wrestlers out there today on any circuit. He's so phenomenal, and he's got such a devastating finish to move in the Black Arrow. And he's such a hard worker. The guy deserves gold. Uh, Ring of Honor Women's World Titles on the line. Athena versus Willow Nightingale. And Athena went over and kept her title. And uh, I didn't really care about the match, but I enjoy watching Athena. I didn't recognize her name uh, a couple episodes ago. Uh, but, yeah, she is uh, she's fantastic. But uh, your thoughts on those uh, final matches, sir? Yeah, I'm glad to see Athena retain. You know, I mean, Willow Nightingale's had a lot going for her. She obviously just won the Owen Hart Memorial uh, uh, Tournament on, in the women's division. But uh, it was the right call to have Athena retain here. Um, the uh, Righteous and Dark Order, not a whole lot to say, just because I haven't really been following these two groups going into this match. But it was a it was a decent enough match, and I liked what I saw from the Righteous. I definitely think they could be a good addition to WWE if they ever went there. Um, and then I liked the ROH World Championship. Didn't really have a preference as to who went over in this match, because I'm a fan of both guys. Um, I, re- I really hope that AEW Pac is going to be the one who finally beats that joke of an international champion, Orange Cassidy. Um, someone has to. Yeah, they've got history. But that, my friend, is all I have for this episode. How about yourself? Yeah, that is it for me, Kentucky guy. Yeah, folks. So thank you guys so much for listening. You've been listening to Against the Mat, a wrestling podcast. With your co-hosts, Donnie Cage and the Kentucky Guy. As always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all for listening.